0: Good morning. I am Apostle William B. Corrector, the presiding prelate of Discovered Being Ministry Incorporated. I'd like to welcome you to today's podcast as we begin to embark on the word and study of the word trust. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and we got heavily engaged. In the word called trust. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we trust you, Lord God, because we know that you are faithful, that you are sovereign, and that, Lord God, that you are not man, that you should lie. But Father, we come today to thank you for your promises being yea and amen. Father, we ask you to bless this podcast as it Go out among your people, Father, whatever country, whatever neighborhood, whatever hamlet, or anyone personally, Lord God, that listens to uh, this podcast. I ask, Lord God, that you will prick their heart, that they will come into salvation and realize that they truly can trust in you. I may say to someone, I'll see you tomorrow, but Lord God, you are the only one that knows our tomorrows and our todays and our futures. And Father, we thank you and we ask you to remember those that are sick. Those that are in prisons, those that are in hospitals, Lord God, and those that are strung out on drugs, and those that, Lord God, are stuck in idolatry and idolatry, we ask you, Lord God, to send an ambassador to them, and that if they are able to listen to this podcast, that they'll be able to learn how to trust in thee. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. As I said, I was embarking on a conversation or engaged, shall I say, engaged into a conversation with a young man that's supposedly to be my friend and he said, you know, I looked at the dollar bill and he said that's the only thing I trust. I said, that's in writing. I said that's from writing only. You certain things that you can get into that only God can get you out. There's certain perils that we face that only your trust in God will bring you through. Like in the twenty-third division of Psalms, it said, Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will feel no evil for the Lord. <laughs> he is the one that I can trust. Let us go to the subject that I will be speaking upon today. How can I learn to trust? that God is in control. Before we can learn to trust that God is in control of all our life's circumstances, we have to answer four questions. One, is God really in control? Two, how much control does he have? Three, if he is not in complete control, then who is? The next uh, fourth is, how can I learn to trust that he is in control and the rest in that, and to rest in that is God really in control? The concept of control of God over everything is called sovereignty. Hallelujah, the sovereignty of God. Nothing gives us strength and confidence like the understanding and understanding of the sovereignty of God in our lives. God's sovereignty is defined as his complete and total independent control over every creature, event, and circumstance at every moment in history. Subject to none, influenced by none, absolutely independent, God does what he pleases, only as he pleases, and always as he pleases. God is in complete control of every molecule In the universe, every moment and everything that happens is either caused or allowed by him for his own perfect purpose. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely I have thought, so shall come to pass, and as I have purposed, it shall stand. You find that written in Isaiah, the 14th chapter, the 24th verse. Nothing is random or comes by chance, especially not in the lives of believers. He purposed it, that means to deliberately resolve to do something. God has resolved to do what he will do and nothing and no one stands in his way. Thank God. I make known the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Found in Isaiah 46, chapter 46, verse 10. This is our powerful, purposeful God who is in control of everything. That should bring us great comfort and help to alleviate our fears. But actually, exactly how much control does God have? God's total sovereignty over all creation directly contradicts the philosophy of the open theism, which state that God doesn't know what's going to happen in the future any more than we do. So he has constantly be changed he has to constantly be changing his plan and reacting to what the simple creature doesn't do as they exercise their free will. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Not so. God isn't finding out what's going to happen as events unfold. He continuously actively running uh, running things, all things here and now. But he thinks But to think he needs our cooperation, praise the Lord, or help or exercise of our free will to bring his plans to pass, puts us in control over him, which makes us God. (laughs) Praise the Lord, have mercy. Where have we heard that before? It is a rehash of Satan's same old lie from the garden. You shall be like God. Genesis chapter three, verse five. Our wills are only free to extent to the extent God allows us the freedom and no further. All this, all the people of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleased with the powers of heaven and the people of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? That's found in Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. No one free will trump the sovereignty of God. Some people find it appealing to think Satan has control over a certain amount of life. That is, God is constantly revising his plan to accommodate Satan's tricks. <laughs> Hallelujah. The book of Job. Is clear is a clear illustration of just who has sovereign power and who doesn't. Satan came to God and in fact said, "Job only serves you because you protect him." Oh Lord, have mercy! So God gave Satan permission to do certain things to Job, but no more. Found in Job chapter one verse six through twenty-two. Could Satan do more than that? No. God is control over Satan and his demons who tried to thwart God's plan at every step. Satan knew from the Old Testament that God's plan was for Jesus to come to the earth, to be betrayed, crucified, and resurrected and provide salvation for millions. And if there was any way to keep that from happening, Satan would have done it. If just one of the hundreds of prophecies about the Messiah could have been caused by Satan to fail, to come to pass, the whole thing would have collapsed. That's what he said. Not a jot of tilts so fast from the law. Then so the heaven and earth would pass away. But the numbers of independent free will decisions made by thousands of people were designed by God to bring his plan to pass in exactly the way he had planned it from the beginning, and Satan couldn't do a thing about it. Jesus was delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God found in Acts chapter 2 verse 23. No action by the Romans, Pharisees, Judas, or any else, anyone else kept God's plan from unfolding exactly the way he purposed it from before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1 says, we were chosen by him before the world was even created. (coughs) That's called predestination, church. We were in the mind of God to be saved by faith in Christ. That means God knit together Satan's rebellion, Adam's and Eve's sin, and the fall of the human race, and the death and crucifixion of Christ. All seemingly terrible events to save us before He created us. Hallelujah! Here is a perfect, perfect example of God working all things together for good, found in Romans eight, chapter twenty-eight. We'll always quote that. Unlimited in power, unraveled. Hallelujah! Unlimited in power, unraveled in majesty, not thought by any outside. Himself. Our God is complete is in complete control of all circumstances, causing or allowing them to be for his own good purpose and plans to be fulfilled exactly as he has foreordained. Isn't that beautiful? Finally, the only way to trust God's sovereignty control is to rest in it and is to know God. Know his attributes, know what he has done in the past, and this builds confidence in him. Daniel chapter eleven verse thirty-two states, "The people who knew their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits." Imagine the kind of power in the hands of an that kind of power in the hands of evil, an unjust God, or God that really doesn't care about us. But we can rejoice in God, God's sovereignty because he is, it is, his, is overshadowed by his goodness, his love, his mercy, his compassion, his faithfulness, and his holiness. For without holiness, no man shall see God. But we can't trust someone we don't know. And there is only one way to know God. Is through his word hallelujah there is no magic formula to make us spiritual giants overnight, no mystical power prayer to pray three times a day to measure us, build our faith and to make us tower of strength towers of strength and confidence. There is only the Bible, the single source of power that will change our lives from the inside out. But it takes effort, diligent, everyday effort to know that God who controls, know that the God is in control of everything. If we drink deeply of his word and let it fill our minds and hearts, the sovereignty of God will become clear to us and we will rejoice in it because we know ultimately, that trust completely in the God who controls all things for His perfect will, or His perfect promise. I pray that you will excuse my speech as I stated before about the Gilliam Bahrain. However, that is a speech impediment that God has started healing. But I want to Give you a testimony before I finish this podcast. I was stricken with this disease, and the doctors told me that there were no cures for it, and that I would be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. I didn't argue with the doctors. I didn't argue with their medical knowledge, but I did know one thing. I knew Jesus. I knew my trust was in someone that can walk over the waters and calm the storms in our lives. I was being rolled from one part of the hospital to another for therapy. I don't know why they was giving me therapy when there was no cure for it. But I stepped the young man that I've never seen before, and he said to me, man of God, I got a message for you. He said, God told me to tell you that because you preached the gospel in the restrooms, rest stops, in the country, in the woods, anywhere that anybody would receive it, you preached it. And you preached it because you loved the people and that you love God and you trusted him in seven days you will walk out this hospital. I walked out that hospital, my dear Christian friends, seven days after the man spoke it to me. But my trust in God was activated because I knew him. I knew his word. I preached his word, and I lived in his word. That's what you have to do, Christian friends. You have to trust God with all your heart, with all your might, and with all your strength. Just like you love him, you can't love him and not trust him. So I say to you today, God bless you. May he smile upon you and give you peace as you walk this walk all the way up the king's highway that we all might Reach that eternal goal, that mansion in the sky. God bless you.